listening to Athleisure Kitchen, where you'll get the inside scoop with those in the culinary world from celebrity chefs, food personalities, restaurateurs, and more. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith of Athleisure Mag, so set an extra plate as we chat all things culinary. On today's Athleisure Kitchen, we head downtown in New York's no-leader neighborhood to the kitchen table to sit down with Food & Wine Magazine's special projects director, as well as top chef judge, Gail Simmons. We talk about her food journey and the array of jobs that she took on in professional kitchens to understand the industry in order to be an effective food journalist. In addition, we talk about her unexpected transition into being a TV personality and what it's like to prepare for being on the show. We also talk about what's currently in her kitchen as we continue through the spring and making new dishes, welcoming guests into our homes for spring celebrations, and what key ingredients are in her kitchen for this time of year. So tell us about your background and how you came to work in food journalism. Um, well, it's sort of a long story. I, I always started with a love of food. Um, when I graduated from college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my career. Mm-hmm. And everyone else seemed to know exactly what they wanted to do out of college. And all I knew is that I loved to cook and I loved to write. But back then, that wasn't necessarily a one plus one equals two situation. People um, were just starting to discover sort of the food world. But it was mostly the term food media really just meant writing for a handful of magazines or a couple pages of newspapers and there weren't the opportunities that there are now but I knew that cooking was my passion and so I got um, a job first as an intern at a magazine and then um, as an editorial assistant at a newspaper in the sort of lifestyle Mm -hmm. food and travel section and realized with every day working around all of these different subjects that food was really what I was most interested in and from there I was given a great piece of advice that sort of anyone can be in the, anyone can write that, you know, is something that you can practice on your own and you have editors for, but if you want to differentiate yourself and really make a mark in the food world, then you really need to understand the professional kitchen and learn to Mm -hmm. cook. So um, I picked up and packed up and moved to New York and went to culinary school. And from there, I worked in a few really tough but incredible professional kitchens as a line cook, and then always with the agenda that I wanted to write about it, knowing that I never wanted to be a chef in a kitchen full-time. And so when the time was right, after I got a lot of experience and felt that I really understood Mm -hmm. how to cook well, cook properly, and had a great foundation, I moved back into writing, and I I went Mm -hmm. to work... um, first for Vogue magazine and then for um, as an assistant to the food writer and then for um, a chef doing events and marketing and PR all sort of learning around the restaurant industry Mm -hmm. and every different aspect of what it takes to work in the food industry and then about 15 years ago landed at Food and Wine magazine and sort of been there ever since. That is just amazing. I mean, what was that moment that you realized that in addition to journalism, you wanted to enhance your brand as a personality and to make that move to TV as well? I I didn't, actually. (laughs) I I never, ever consciously thought I want to enhance my brand as a personality. (laughs) Um, The word brand was never in my um, sort of language mm-hmm. um, or or in my purview. Um, I never thought of going on television. It was always about writing and publishing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, you know, 14 years ago, I did a little bit of, of food 
television Mm -hmm. on behalf of Food & Wine in my early days there because often morning shows would need someone to talk about recipes or wine trends from the magazine or what we're doing for our spring issue. And so I was the one who often went on because I had the cooking background Mm -hmm. and the marketing background to go on and be able to do cooking demos and talk with the anchors and the hosts. And so that sort of became part of what I did for the magazine. Mm. And about a year into my job at Food & Wine, Bravo came to Food & Wine with this idea for a food reality show about the real life of professional chefs. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to call it Top Chef and they wanted Food & Wine to partner with them to teach them the world of food and cooking and in exchange would put one of their editors on the judges panel. Mm -hmm. And so they screen tested me and asked me to do it and been doing it ever since. I never meant to do it. I never sought it out. But we also certainly never knew it was going to be a hit show and it would last this long. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going into our 17th season and doesn't seem to be slowing down. No, I mean, I um, love your authenticity. Thank you. And just now understanding your full background when I was doing research on you, I was like, she's touched every level of that business, which is why you can just speak so well-rounded about so many different things from, yes, the food side, but also from special events and this one and that one. I just think that's fantastic. I mean, I think that for me, everything I did up until now and everything I continue to, you know, feed into your experience and my knowledge. And I don't think I could have ever gotten the job um, on television had I not done all those things. Mm-hmm. I would have never gotten the job. And I think being able to speak to the real life of professional kitchens, and that's what our show is about, and speak fairly and honestly, but in a constructive way mm-hmm. and understand the work that chefs do. And you really, Absolutely. I think, need to have a working knowledge of that to come across to your audience as not only authentic, but in a way that the audience of the show can identify with you because the audience can't taste the food. So you really become the taste buds Mm -hmm. for your viewers. And I think that all of the work I did before and leading up to Mm -hmm. um, my role in Top Chef helped prepare me. I love that. So what led to you creating cookbooks and what what is that process like for you when you're making them? Well, I think that these days... um, cookbooks, I mean, for me, was just um, a very natural offshoot of all the different things that I do, Mm -hmm. and finding a place where all of my recipes, my favorite recipes could live, the recipes that shaped me, made Mm -hmm. me who I am, and the recipes that I've learned and brought home from my travels um, that have become staples in my household, and I just wanted to share those Mm -hmm. with everybody because I'm asked for them so often and it was really an opportunity to put them all in one place. The process is rigorous. It took two years to write my most recent book. Uh, Two years is sort of par for the course. Sometimes it can take many, many more. Oh, wow. Um, You know, from conception to publication. So um, it was, you know, it was an all-encompassing process. It's so much work in every aspect. Testing, developing, testing, Mm -hmm. rewriting the recipes, editing them, writing all of the head notes, the introduction, making sure that they're accurate, having someone else retests mm-hmm. for um, for that accuracy. I really wanted to make sure that every single recipe in the book not only sounded delicious, but was absolutely attainable for everyone to make at home. Wow. You know, thinking back to Top Chef, um, you know, we've interviewed Chef Brooke Williamson and Richard Blaze. Mm-hmm. What is it like for you as a judge on the show? What is that process like? How do you get yourself prepared for those moments that are taking place? I mean, we've been making the show for so long mm-hmm. that um, you got it to assist. Yeah, we have we have it down to a, to a science. It is a great process, though, and we have a crew that's worked with us now for so many years, mm-hmm. and everyone really understands 
what every episode takes. So we're a pretty well-oiled machine. I would say that the most important part of what I do is balancing being constructive and fair and understanding the challenge every episode and making sure that I'm speaking to that challenge mm-hmm. and and what all of the different chefs are doing. The great thing about the show is that we we travel to a different city for every single season. So I always do a little bit of research about the place because the location is going to inform so much of the cooking, the ingredients, mm-hmm. the history. You know, the history of Charleston is going to be very, very different than the history of Boston, which right. is going to be very different than the history of... Kentucky. Kentucky <laughs> or California. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. And I think that really plays a great role and is what differentiates our show from all others. And it's also so inclusive, too. I mean, I'm from Indiana originally, mm-hmm. so hearing a lot of the Kentucky recipes they were talking about, those fold into Absolutely. Indiana. Absolutely. There's a so, lot of overlap, and yep. I think that that's what makes our show really fun is that you don't have to be a great cook to identify with loving food or understanding the history of this country and how food plays such a great role in mm-hmm. that um, and in our families and the way that we eat, the way that we go out, the way we celebrate, um, and we try to stay really true to yeah. the locations that we go to. Wow. So how would you define your style of cooking? I think my cooking is spontaneous. I think that it changes with the seasons. You know, I'm a mom, and my cooking has certainly changed a lot since I became a mother. Um, I I want flavor, and I want it to be healthy, and I want it to be easy to make because I I don't want to give people recipes that are going to take them three days in the kitchen and I certainly don't have time to dedicate so I think my style really calls from all of my travel experiences and my childhood there's a lot of influences people always ask me what's your favorite thing to cook Mm -hmm. and I never have one favorite thing it really depends on the time of year and where I traveled to last and the ingredients that I'm the most excited about Mm -hmm. and then ways of organizing them and being efficient in the kitchen to get the most flavor by doing the least to the right. really good quality food that I have. Hmm. So because you have done so much in the food industry, are there other projects that you would love to be a part of that you've yet to tackle that you know you want to tackle? Being a TV personality and cookbooks and all of these different um, things. I think there's so many things. There's so much more travel that I want to hmm. do. And I think that, um, you know, giving back to the community that helped me for so long is something really important to me. And there's so many ways to do that right mm-hmm. now. Um, cooking for people who, um, and, you know, te- cooking is such a life skill. So, you know, not only does cooking nourish people, but it teaches people um, a, a skill that they can then take yeah. and translate into a job anywhere they, mm-hmm. anywhere they are. They are. Um, and certainly there's so many ways that food applies to everything we do in our lives, whether it's politics or mm-hmm. uh, math and science, you know, teaching my child to cook, uh, you know, you become so conscious of that. Um, and so just kind of teaching is something that's always in the background for me mm-hmm. and ways of doing that more creatively, whether it's through books or television, right. championing my industry and giving back to my community through all of these channels is just always top of mind and there's always more to be done. Exactly. Well, with spring being here finally, because I just saw like the buzz. Yes, the they I'm are so here. Excited about, um, there's tons of, you know, like spring holidays that are coming up mm-hmm. and just crazy reasons just to create something. What are trends that are going on in the kitchen right now that we can incorporate into our dishes just to change things up and just bring new things into it? Sure. There's 
I think spring is the most exciting moment in the year because mm-hmm. we've all sort of been in hibernation for so long. Yes. And I got real cozy with lots of soups and stews over the winter, but I am ready <laughs> yes. for uh, bright new ingredients. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited about bringing all of those, you know, fresh herbs, fresh flavors, different fruits and vegetables into my diet that I haven't been able to get mm-hmm. all winter long. Um, but I also always want to be efficient with what I'm cooking and because there's holidays that come up in spring where you are entertaining for a crowd Mm -hmm. often of all ages you know family friends there's Easter there's Passover Um, you you really want to make the most of your and optimize your time in the kitchen so my entertaining strategies are always about finding recipes that you can be organized with prepare as much as possible in advance Mm -hmm. so that when your guests arrive you just do the minimal to get it on the tables you can spend time exactly people come by unexpectedly sometimes and what do you suggest we should always have in our fridges so that we can ensure that we're always ready because sometimes you just never know when like Auntie May comes yes (laughs) and there's nothing to eat it's true I mean I think with a few very simple ingredients whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, there's lots of ways to use them so mm-hmm. that, you know, it's about picking ingredients that are versatile that you can use in different ways no matter what. Um, a few products that I love, um, certainly if I have anything, like lots of fresh herbs in my fridge, lots of citrus because they can be added to anything from pasta to cottage cheese and turned into so many different things in so many ways. Um, and Or even some eggs, you know, that they can go on top of. Um, I love keeping, you know, good quality dairy products are always in my fridge. And as I said, herbs and citrus, some cheese, some eggs. And then, you know, as much fresh ingredients as possible. So if you have salad greens or you have, you know, a few key bowls of berries you can mm-hmm. make a hundred different things you know breakfast is a, is for example a time when I feel like people run out of ideas and there's a million things going on in the morning getting your kids out of the house or often entertaining when you have to wake up and do it all so right. quickly mm-hmm. um, if you're having people over for brunch or Easter for example exactly. um, if you can think a little bit ahead of time, that's a great way to make a really beautiful statement with minimal work. Mm -hmm. So one thing I always advocate is big batch cooking. I love Mm. making granola, for example, Mm, and I'll make it, you know, a week in advance, a big batch that I can eat throughout the week and Mm -hmm. I can just have it as my go-to to put on top of things in the morning um, or just eat a handful to Mm -hmm. grab and go if I need a snack. And when you have granola and you have some fresh berries and you have some herbs in your fridge and some cottage cheese, Mm. then there you have the perfect protein-packed, versatile and easy breakfast parfait and it looks beautiful and it tastes great for everyone. I love it. At your table. I mean, that's amazing. So when you are planning for like eight or 10 people that you know are coming, mm-hmm. people get overwhelmed with the idea of how do they mentally get into the process of preparing a dinner party basically for people. What do you do? Well, I always make sure that I make my lists and be organized. I can never underestimate how important that is, especially when you have guests arriving. Mm-hmm. Um, also, try not to do too many things and always asking for help. I think people forget to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, if I'm having people over, I want to think about two days out what I can do, one day out what I can do. And sometimes that feels daunting. No one has three days to make a meal. But I'm not also talking about 
major right. cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just putting marinating your meat in the morning so that when you go to cook it eight hours later, it's got all that flavor already done. It's 20 minutes in the morning, mm-hmm. and then you're ready to cook as I soon as that. guests arrive. And, um, you know, same with making all of your dressings in advance. You know, if you're making a salad, um, I love making bowls, mm-hmm. you know, grain bowls, for example. Yeah. Um, and so doing things like making the dressing in advance, washing the lettuce in advance. Let's say I'm using quinoa or another grain mm-hmm. like that. Cooking it in advance, which really takes 15 minutes, and then it's cooled and ready to go, and it's in your fridge, and then all you're doing when people arrive is really assembly. Exactly. That's so smart. So what are three ingredients you always have in your kitchen that are really good for versatile dishes that you just always have them right. on hand? I would say three ingredients right now that are always in my kitchen are fresh herbs, lemons, because mm-hmm. I use every part of the lemon, the juice and the zest. And these days it's hood cottage cheese because I feel nice. like it's the most versatile dairy product that I have mm-hmm. that everyone loves and you can do so many things. With I love that. So do you have some recipes for those of us that are busy and pulled in a million directions that are easy to satisfy and, and, and easy to make as well? Sure. I mean, one recipe that is my go-to because it's great for lunch, it's great for a snack, it can feed a crowd, it's easy to sort of like batch it up and make it for 10 people mm-hmm. or make it a little personal bowl of when I need something that's healthy mm-hmm. and really satisfying um, I make a really delicious mango avocado avocado salsa oh. lots of lemon lots of lime juice lime zest and uh, fresh cilantro tossed with chopped mango and avocado mm. and then I put it on the base of a hood cottage cheese with black pepper oh, I love that. in a bowl but my little trick is that I always make a little well in the center of the cottage cheese mm-hmm. using the back of my spoon and pile the salsa right in the middle that way when you're dipping you're getting a little of both you're not searching for one ingredient or the other (laughs) along the way and I find that it's like just a great after school snack for my kids it's a great appetizer before dinner party or it's the perfect quick lunch for me Mm -hmm. on the go and it really doesn't require many ingredients wow do you have two other ones that are like that well I talked to you about the grain bowl that I I do in advance Mm -hmm. and the granola that I make all the time for breakfast parfaits um, because then if you have some fresh washed berries in the fridge and you have your granola that you've made before then all you have to do is layer it all together I love that and and I'm a huge fan of cottage cheese and I love the black pepper um, from Hood as well me too I find it really savory and satisfying I I think that's something that people don't actually think about they think about um, sweet ingredients or plain but for me the savory flavors like Mm -hmm. are exactly what I crave I just I love that so are there other uses that you can put cottage cheese into other ingredients like not just you know like some people will use um, like sour cream to be something else. That sure. Exactly I mean, absolutely. That's potato. the thing I think. I think I feel like cottage cheese is having this renaissance moment mm-hmm. because people are like rediscovering it from their childhood. Um, and first of all, it's packed with protein, which is a bonus. Mm-hmm. And it can be used the same way you would use so many other dairy products. Um, I love it in smoothie in smoothies. Mm. I can use it in place of ricotta. You know, fresh ricotta Mm -hmm. with pasta or in lasagna. Uh, My kids love it. My little baby loves it for breakfast in the morning. Um, You know, it's got texture and it's got a real rich creaminess. Mm -hmm. And it's a really healthy thing to keep around. Wow. So what city are you based in? I'm based right here in New York. That's what I thought. Okay, so we always love asking people three things. Where can we get you, see you grabbing a meal, working out, and then where do you go shopping? 
shopping for what? That's the it question. Can, it can be anything, anything, right? Lots of shopping. <laughs> um, where am I grabbing a meal? I mean, in New York, the op- the the options are endless, mm-hmm. literally. Um, I live in Brooklyn, and I love my neighborhood. It's a quiet, beautiful, mm. tree-lined neighborhood in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and um, there's a lot of great places to eat these days. I'm really obsessed with kind of eating fresh little small place with a great glass of wine so there's a great wine bar really close to me called June Mm. that I love Mm -hmm. and another sort of wine bar with great food called Frank's Wine Bar Mm -hmm. so either of those places when I'm in downtown New York like where we are today Mm -hmm. um, in the Nolita neighborhood I love eating at a little um, Middle Eastern spot that has really fresh fast casual food called In the Des oh nice Um, it's delicious Mm -hmm. right up the street yep um, let's see. So that's where you can see me grabbing food. Mm-hmm. Um, working out. Um, well, now that the nice weather is out, I can pick up running again. Mm-hmm. I love running, but I don't like running indoors. So winter is just yeah. sort of out for me. I, I take a break from running. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I live near the Brooklyn Promenade. So running from my house to the Brooklyn Bridge and back is mm-hmm. my sort of like go-to run when the weather that. is nice. If not, I'm a spinner. So you can see me at Soul Cycle. I was going to say, time. I think you're a Soul Cycler. <laughs> I am a sister. <laughs> and shopping, wherever you're shopping, whether it be for food, clothing. I mean, that's a tough one. Um, shopping. I mean, I'm shopping for lots of things all the time. <laughs> um, let's see. What's a store that I love? Um, I love Veronica Beard for clothes. Mm-hmm. Um She's a great designer that I wear a lot of things from these days. Mm-hmm. Um for food, I mean, what I love about my Brooklyn neighborhood is that it's so old school in that instead of having to go to, like, big, huge grocery stores, yeah. there's a lot of smaller little shops. So mm-hmm. I have my local butcher that I love, and there's an amazing Middle Eastern store where mm. I get all my spices oh, um, and things like pita and, you know, fresh bread and things like that. Um, but, you know, I'm... I'm at, like, the, you know, regular grocery store buying all my pantry staples mm-hmm. all the time, too. I, I, I love hearing that. And I also love, I mean, I think you're beautiful. Um, so oh, being someone who just travels, well, nice. yeah, I love, you know, every time I see you, your makeup's always amazing when you're on air, etc. So being someone who I'm sure travels a lot, where do you, um, what are three I beauty do. products? I do. Travel well, a lot. Exactly. So skincare is super important. Yes. When you, especially when you're traveling and different temperatures and different mm-hmm. things like that. So what are three skincare products that you just swear um, by? Well, I have really dry skin. Mm-hmm. So traveling definitely takes a toll. Um, but I also am not someone who uses 50 products every day mm-hmm. because I got to get up and go and I'm often in a rush. Mm-hmm. Um, so three products that I love. I love um, an under eye, my under eye. Mm-hmm. I believe in helping as much as possible because mm-hmm. tired is real. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm a big fan of Drunk Elephant. They have a great love vitamin that. C under eye mm-hmm. cream that I use all the time. Um, let's see what other products do I swear by um there's a really beautiful store here in New York. There's also one in Boston. I think there's a few other locations as well, DC possibly, called Folane, and it's a beauty mm-hmm. care store that is the most stringent sort of non-toxic beauty products, everything from body to face mm. to makeup mm-hmm. um, and hair products that are all not only good for the planet, but really, yeah. you know, all the ingredients are really pure and all natural. And so I use a lot of their products as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Naturopathica mm-hmm. skincare line. Um, 
I use a bunch of their products. I love their daily moisturizer. Um, and there's this body balm that I absolutely love called Osea, O-C-E-A. Um, I know what you're talking about. I, mm-hmm. They carried it full lane, so I've got it. I've got it there before. Mm-hmm. Um, I first got it as a gift and just became obsessed with exactly. it. I love the smell. It's really rich and luxurious mm-hmm. and um, really natural, beautiful mm-hmm. skincare product for your whole body. Well, I love that. And our last question is, you know, you're so busy. How do you take time for yourself? Like, what do you do to kind of recharge and just reconnect with the world? It's a hard thing to do. I to know. Me. I mean, it requires <laughs> actual carve out time like, I know. on the calendar for sure. Um, I, you know, working out and clearing my brain is really important. I have to force myself to do it, but it's, you know, for me, it's not about losing weight or, you know, obviously all that stuff is great staying healthy, but it's also about clearing my head and Mm de-stressing. And I know I'm going to feel better at the end of the day if I can. Um, I love that I live in New York and I don't own a car and I can walk everywhere because I find it also really therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Um, Cooking is also something that lets me relax at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I love more than having a night at home with friends where I can sit around the table and I can cook for them and I can kind of de-stress and really reconnect with the people that I love the most. And that to me is taking really good time. You know, and once or twice a year, I like a good massage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and a date night. Date night with my husband is also nice once in a while. Well, yeah. Well, we yeah. forget to do it. You do. But when we do, it's, it's a very helpful. important thing to do. Yes. wait to sit with you again every two weeks to share another great story with you at Athleisure Kitchen. Athleisure Kitchen is a part of Athleisure Studio, our multimedia podcast network, which is a division of Athleisure Media, and whose sister site is Athleisure Mag. Get the latest episode by enjoying us on your favorite podcast platform and by checking out the show notes for additional content. You can stay in the loop on who future guests are by visiting us at athleisurestudio.com backslash Athleisure Kitchen and on Instagram at Athleisure Kitchen and at Athleisure Studio. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith. Athleisure Kitchen is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself. It is mixed by the team at Athleisure Studio and is available on your preferred podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you enjoy listening. We'll see you guys in two weeks, so make sure that you set an extra plate for us.